Welcome to Disruption Land. Welcome to Disruption Land. Welcome to Disruption Land. The unconventional take on all things innovation, tech, and transformation. Join us as we explore the ideas and impact that might just change, change the world. With the help by technology and innovation, beauty has moved out from our beauty salon into our computers, phones, and homes. It's now many times driven by functionality and availability. The beauty industry is being disrupted by entrepreneurs, and we invited some of them into Disruption Land. Jasmine Lundqvist is co-founder and CEO of Base of Sweden. They have a strong vision to create a cosmetic with high functionality for an active lifestyle. Makeup made to perform. Nina Akbari, co-founder and CEO at Dashel. Dashel is a beauty tech business that deliver beauty services anytime, anyplace, and have their own beauty bars within retail stores, such as H&M. They are disrupting a huge beauty service industry in Europe, which is currently operated by small local players. Tara Derekshan, co-founder and CEO of Sniff. Sniff is direct-to-customer discovery service that makes it easy to find a new scent directly to your doorstep. Kind of a Spotify for fragrance that matches perfumes with perfume lovers all over the world. They have a philosophy that scents makes a world of difference in our lives and want to make it easier to discover products that you can fall in love with. They build a subscription model with a mission to do all the nose work for you. Welcome so much to Disruption Land, Jasmine, Nina and Tara. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Great to be here. How are you guys today? <laughs> very hot. <laughs> yes, it's very hot. That's how it is. And, and that goes directly into the innovation in your product, Jasmine, because you have a product that is... Excellent for the summertime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so innovation, you have really innovated something in uh, your products. Yeah, it was quite a simple idea, actually, when we started Base of Sweden about three years ago. With my background with L'Oreal, Oriflame in the beauty business, uh, I felt that there was a huge lack in the market for performance products. So the performance that are in cosmetics today, I believe, are quite traditional. It's this there for you to look better or improve some features in your appearance. Yeah, but because you have a foundation that's like 72 hours. Exactly. You can swim with it. In the- and so we, we just decided that there was a lack of, of cosmetic products that actually have a function where mm. the consumer does not have to adapt their lifestyle choices or activities for their makeup. So it should be the other way around. We should have a second skin kind of option where you don't have to make choices. You can have your makeup on and and still have a very active life. So that's where the idea started to put functionality and innovation into cosmetics. And uh, then uh, Base of Sweden was born basically. Uh, And now we have a range of base products, which is our our, our niche. And we want to create the best, uh, you know, base products in the the market. And our star product, the Base Foundation, won the biggest beauty award in 2019, which opened the doors for our global expansion and, and and very fast-paced uh, journey. Uh, and this product is a patent-pending product which has different features that do not exist in the market today. Mm. So there is a, a, a threshold to the consumer to you know show them how n- new kind of makeup will look, feel, and uh, perform. So we have to work a lot on that uh, in the education and and uh, and to kind of break barriers of the traditional way of looking into into cosmetics. So that's basically how the journey started. Uh, in June 2019. So yeah. we are actually celebrating our one year <laughs> yeah, uh, anniversary <laughs> this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and that's amazing because I know you, you're already expanding globally. Mm-hmm. And I've asked you just the other week, we spoke uh, at Epicenter, mm-hmm. we were both are, about why didn't you do a broader, because you really said like, no, are we going to launch a product that's going to be made to perform because that's your niche? Yeah, I think the market, I mean, coming from L'Oreal, I was responsible for, you know, YSL, Lancome, Biotherm, all these top brands. I see how saturated the market is. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, when my partner came and said, we're going to do this, I was like, you're crazy. I'm not going to do another mascara or a liner. I, it has to be a very niche product. It has to be very competitive and it has to uh, fill a gap, a need in the market. So uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm not here to just create products. I'm here to create a product that actually solves a, a problem, uh, helps the consumer in different ways. And for me, I, I rather, you know, uh, create something that has a function or is needed rather than just to make uh, cosmetic products. So we are actually launching our third uh, product uh, this June. It's coming very soon, which is also an innovation. It's a bit of a secret, but <laughs> it, w- it will be revealed very soon. So we, we are aiming to, of course, create as many products as, as possible, but not just for the sake of it. It has to be a great potential yeah, because, in it. Because, I mean, in the beauty industry, especially like makeup that you work with, you can see just it's brands popping up everywhere. Yeah. So I, I didn't do this to just create another private label. And then now actually in less than 10 months, we have expanded to 10 different markets and uh, we are in more than 140 retailers. So yeah, Kix, uh, Sephora, yeah, you name it, uh, all over the world. So we are very, very excited and it's been an extremely fast-paced journey beyond our expectations. So clearly also the consumers are telling us that there is a need for this kind of product. So, yeah. so let's see how, how it goes. We have a very busy summer ahead of us as well. I'm going to go back to, because you spoke, speak a lot about uh, equality, but I want to invite the Nina into the conversation because you also disrupted a huge part of, you know, service-based beauty brands are coming together through your platform at Dashiell. You saw the a few years back, uh, you and Arbelina saw uh, the, the, this lack in the in the in the market in the beauty industry. Yes, so we we launched Dashiell from an own need that we saw uh, as consumers. The beauty industry is uh, and the beauty services industry has is very much still traditional. Women have got their hair, makeup, and nails done for so many years, but it still hasn't become like so modernized. So what we saw is that the salons are open like ten to six p.m. and that's when we're in the office. So if we want to get our like nails, hair, or anything done we need to try to squeeze the time in like during lunch or in the weekends when mm. we'd rather have like brunch out with friends so we launched Dashiell in December 2016 and the, the idea was to make beauty services available for the modern woman so you can book our beauty services to your home office hotel room or you can actually now we have also six beauty bars within retailers so you can w- visit us in one of these retailers on the go so that's what we do basically delivering beauty services to your doorstep yeah and you're creating like the beauty industry is coming becoming more available exactly that's, that's really and because the modern woman works and we do a lot of things and we don't even want to look to, on my nails now but it's it's easy it becomes easier well what was that core from the beginning to make it more accessible yeah, and available so that was the core idea but then we quickly realized that it was also we were also solving a problem for the beauty provider because the beauty industry is very fragmented and we have many local players there are many freelancers 80 percent in the beauty industry are actually self-employed so they're also struggling with like filling up their schedules. Uh, a lot of them are millennials. We also have a whole new generation. They want to work more flexibly. They don't want to be tied to like a salon chair. So they actually want to work more flexibly. So mm. we're also solving that yeah. for them. So they can in a safe way provide beauty services in people's houses. Uh, payments are done smoothly like through our platform. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And flexibility also 
invites Tara into the conversation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so SNF was born out of the, I mean, the notion that scents make a huge difference in our lives and everybody that I know at least uses perfume. Mm. Um, yet we found that it was a literal headache to find a new scent that you like with more than like 3000 perfumes released every year. Um, for the consumer, it's not very convenient you know, it's not a very convenient way to find something new. You know, you would either receive a scent via um, as a gift or if you'd pick it up on the tax free. And so often it would become, I mean, you'd realize after a week or two that um, you don't like the scent or it doesn't suit you or you get bored out of it. So we just wanted to make it very um, easy and convenient and affordable to try new scents that you love directly to the doorstep because, you know, nobody wants to hang around. In, in, according to us in the little stores like looking for fragrance. So we started a subscription model where we experts at Sniff, we curate and we select scents based on data and expert curation that we think that you would love. And then you get to try eight milliliters every month with the hope that you'll find, you know, your new favorite fragrance. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So uh, how, I mean, I know all of you guys are working with technology and social media. Is this a big core of your business model and the way you work? How do you reach both your consumers and how, how important is technology and especially social media, if we're going to step into that? Well, I mean, when we started based in Sweden, we... Uh we had no funds, uh, basically. Uh, so we didn't have a lot of options. And uh, for me, I mean, I, I never imagined that it would grow uh, so big in a very short time. So for me, I just took one day at a time. And I have to say that, of course, social media has been the key for our success, because a lot of the retailers would not even answer our emails, you know. Mm. So uh, it was uh, extremely, you know, the beauty business in general is extremely competitive. So just getting into a retailer is, is extremely hard. So that didn't stop us. And we thought, okay, let's start organic you know, through our webpage and, and so on. But then, of course, we turned to social media and all our ambassadors. So all these people that actually love the products started to spread the, the word. And I think, uh, you know, a few years ago, that wouldn't have been really possible if you're not in a retailer. So uh, influencers and this uh, social media marketing and actually creating ads and using mm. all these tools that are available has been amazing for us as, as such a small brand and to, you know, gain recognition and, and so on. So for, for us, for sure, I have to say, this has been key. Mm. And now, thanks to this strong platform that we started from, from the beginning, saved us during Corona. Uh, during, during this difficult period because if we only had bet all our, our you know cards on, on retail it would have been very difficult to survive as, as such a small uh, yeah. company so um, I'm very thankful for that and uh, I, I turned this opportunity into our survival actually and during this period so for us for sure Nina would you agree with Jasmine or how has it been for you guys yes well to add to that basically so social media for us has also been very important because from the beginning as a startup you don't have big funds and uh, we've seen um, also because it's a new service that we've been offering beauty in home, you kind of have to see it and experience it. So social media has been a great way for us to get more people to open their eyes that this service actually exists. But then secondly, for us, we've also been using like our real customers as brand ambassadors. So mm -hmm. for us, it's been more effective when real customers are posting about their experience rather than influencers, because we've tried a lot with like the influencer strategies. And it's obviously they both go hand in hand. But we've seen that through social media, we've been able to build our own kind of community of dashal oh. customers. And um, aside 
aside from that, tech has been a very important part of our like brand strategy, both for the customer to simplify like the processes of payment, booking, um, but also for our business goals, kind of where we can use tech to gather data and insights about our customers. And then we can also use social media, of course, to find out what they think about their services. But mainly we've been also able to gather kind of the customer insights through all the bookings that they do, what type of bookings do they do, what timings, etc. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's so, it's so different. And I, I know, Tara, you went in just a few weeks back, we interviewed a woman called uh, Robbie Kelman-Baxter, who speaks about the membership economy and subscription mm. and speaking about community that you touched on, Nina, as well. So did you start with the, you know, the model of community and subscription? Tara? Absolutely. So we started as a black box subscription only. Mm. And um, obviously we attracted, since we were so new in 2016, changing a behavior completely. Some people are like, what do you mean? Subscribe to get perfumes because we're so used to a certain type of shopping mm. you know, right. um, behavior. We got our first big ambassadors and obviously those were the fragrance nerds that were super passionate and engaged in what we were doing, you know, the, the first movers. And uh, that started a community of its own, which was really exciting. They started something called Sniff Market um, on mm. Facebook, which is a community driven led page where, you know, thousands of people are trading and discussing perfumes, etc. And I mean, obviously that wouldn't have been possible without social media. Wow. Um, did your uh, customers start it? Or yeah, did you? yeah, yeah. Oh, no, wow. It was customer. So we were, I mean, for three years, we were completely passive. And now we're kind of in there engaging once in a while, but it's still very, you know, community led. So since we've never been in retail, more than like a pop up here and there for us, social media, you know, the entire online uh, presence has been super important mm. and to create a sense of community and engagement around what we do. So how how important do you think with a, because I mean, you, all of you are quite young, like me, like it, how can you see that the beauty industry is changing? And if you're not awake or if you're not like thinking forward, what will be the important factors in the future? Open mic. <laughs> I think it's quite uh, unstoppable. I mean, it's been such a traditional market for such a long time with, you know, as Tara says, that people have a way of doing shopping. It's mm. very traditional. The same, if you look at the shelf, you have the mascara, you have the lip liners. It's quite, it's still quite traditional. So I think that it's, it's inevitable, you know, especially with the younger generation. People are looking for something new, something fresh, something more convenient and coming to their doorstep. So I feel like this is a wave that is quite unstoppable. And I think it's it's very nice to have a fellow, you know, female entrepreneurs like Nina and Tara being kind of groundbreaking in mm. this area. And I think it's very needed. I think the timing is excellent. Also, the timing for us was very good because base products is, uh, is the target group that is growing the most within cosmetics, which also shows on, on different trends that maybe people are looking for less, I wouldn't say colorful products, but more base and, and have more natural uh, looking appearances and so on. But I, I think it's extremely important now that than ever that we are here and we're trying to provide and reaching mm. different kind of target groups of, of, of uh, people, needs, developing and uh, changing the way we, you look at shopping experience and products. Products. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure it is uh, inevitable, actually. I think this is just like a force of nature that is was bound to come mm. in this era. So I, I really hope it will continue to transform. And to add to that, I mean, one thing that, you know, it's, it's everybody knows this, okay, e-commerce and online is growing. Um, but I think if it's one thing that we've learned during this crisis the last few months is that, you know, we've had the retail crisis now. Uh, things are changing now faster than ever. Yeah. And, you know, when we started SNF, 
if it was very difficult for us to get, you know, the big giants on board. It still is the L'Oreal's, the Estee Lauder's, the ones that have the most power in the industry mm. because, you know, they demanded that we have a retail store and they weren't really open to us repackaging. Although we said, you know, this is how people want to discover nowadays. Mm. You want to discover smaller portions. You want it directly to your doorstep and you don't want a signature fragrance. You want to, you know, discover and try. But now we're noticing that, you know, with retail, people aren't flying as much, etc. Now we're getting more support and understanding that actually this might be the future after all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we have more brands than ever approaching us, actually asking if they are able to join our service. Mm-hmm. It took four years and, you know, sometimes a crisis, there's always winners and losers. And it's been challenging for us too mm-hmm. um, with this crisis, but we see definitely like potential and opportunity. And uh, we think that, you know, the digital evolution or growth is going to be more like bigger than ever. So yeah. that's going to change a lot. I mean, I'm so amazed reading into all of your companies It's and many others are groundbreaking now that are startup scale ups that are like really growing. And for me, it's like all about functionality, availability, like like you sp- have done for years as well, Nina and Dashels, because I mean, people don't maybe want to go to these big salons. Maybe they want to have somebody coming home or have, have a, uh, the crisis or COVID. COVID change for you? Well, we see, I mean, just to add to what Tara and Jasmine was saying, we we also see like a trend in also not just creating products that are solving the needs uh, for women, but also like empowering women to like Mm. making their lives easier, helping them to look and feel or smell um, their best. Mm. And also in that way, empowering their lifestyles, such as you can go to the gym without uh, feeling like your foundation is going to melt or you don't need to have just one go-to perfume. You can have one for the business meeting or one for going out with your friends or getting your services done at work. Why not doing like a telephone meeting, (laughs) getting your nails done? So I see like a big trend in more products and startups starting to kind of address women's needs. But then to go back to your question now about uh, post-corona, what we've seen is actually a big growth in our in-home booking segment. So we do a lot in offices and as well as in our own beauty bars, which is within retail stores. But we've had a big growth in May which was actually a bad month for us otherwise, April and May. But we, our revenues for in-home services actually doubled compared to pre-corona. So that has been also kind of a help for us too, because we're changing a behavior in getting the services into the homes. And I think consumers are now used to getting the food delivered to their homes and other types of services. The beauty is like next. So you've, you're used to getting your beauty products home, but now beauty services is also like an eye-opener, I think mm-hmm. it's been. And we've also seen retailers getting in touch with us now, seeing as they need to get more footfall into their stores, more experience into their stores. So they need someone like Dashiell that can bring uh, experience into their shops. Mm. When I'm sitting here now, I think some listeners can think, wow, it's been so easy or because it's success stories, right? I mean, based on Sweden, you're, I think, the newest and I got a lot of media attention around this now and it kind of looks easy. You three successful women, maybe on social media. super easy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but can we speak some reality here? Well, well, actually, when when I'm sitting here and listening to to the girls, as a consumer, my, the first idea is like, how liberating. Yeah. Your ideas and the services is so liberating. I mean, uh, because we women, we, we live in this, you know, with so many demands on our looks and our you know behavior as a mother as a businesswoman all of this and I'm just feeling like uh, f- finally I can get my nails at home or I can have a product that lasts forever mm. and you know so it's, it's quite liberating and I think that women are craving this N- I mean of course 
because our product is still unisex, so I don't want to discriminate any groups. But but generally, for women who are more close to beauty, I think this is so liberating. But coming back back to your question, um, no, of course it, it hasn't <laughs> been easy, and for me to kind of like jump from my very secure uh, lifestyle and and everything and to leave everything at the same time also had you know two small children, so it, it was quite demanding. But um, I mean, to be honest with uh, with uh, how do you say faucet at, at hand, I, I didn't expect uh, that it would grow so fast. Mm. So of course when I started, if I knew it, it would be as much as it is today, I uh, maybe I would have thought you know twice about uh, taking this step. But I'm very happy that I did it. I've had uh, the luxury to have a very empowering women supporting me. We have Victoria Silverstead as our ambassador, and then Gunilla Van Platen as our investor. So I feel I'm in a very good hands. Mm. Uh, but of course, uh, I'm home uh, in the evenings answering to you know consumers or talking to retailers. So it's not easy. I don't want to make it sound like uh, super glamorous. And, Sing it, uh, sister. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really not easy. And, I think um, you need to have a. You need to be a little crazy to oh, start yeah. your own business and naive. Brave. And uh, yeah, and you have to love problems on some sadistic <laughs> level. Yeah. Because well. yeah. because <laughs> uh, you never. That's the one thing you never run out of. Yeah. Yeah. Solving problems. Yeah. And when yeah. Corona came, I just, uh, I know everybody started to get really depressed and I had a lot of fellow startups who, you know, f- unfortunately went bankrupt and all of that. But for me, I just, I just felt like there is so many opportunities. Yeah, I felt mm. the same. Oh. So you just have to turn it into, into opportunities, which is what we did with, you know, recruitments, like top talents that were available suddenly for us or uh, consumers and brands and retailers that wanted to invest in uh, new products and innovation because they had to come up with something new and, So for us, it was a lot of opportunities. And I think if you don't see that... Mm. Not just in Corona. I mean, in generally in, in bad times and difficult times, I don't think you can be an entrepreneur at heart because you really have to turn every opportunity and take every chances that you got. And that's not easy. Mm. As Tara says, you have to be a bit of a, it's not a sadist, but it, it, it is <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, it is really I hard. I asked one of my coworkers yesterday, I was like, because um, he works at a different agency, I was like, do you also always have problems to solve? Like, is there a problem <laughs> yeah. every day? And he was like, well, if there's one day without a problem, problem i know that there's a really big problem coming so, yeah. <laughs> i just i just waited out so yeah. it's it's like that for everyone right yeah. mm. but is this something you would you agree nina what's agree. the biggest surprise yeah. for you stepping into this journey of well i never thought that it would be this much work. I, i think like we've heard here like if if i knew it was going to be this much work i would have probably never done it but also i'm happy that i didn't know about it when we started that show we thought that it's okay it's just like beauty and home services but what we've realized now is it's so many more like kind of opportunities that has opened up for us so we've during corona what we did was for example virtual private courses so our makeup artists and hairstylists could still make money through mm. um teaching customers how to apply their own makeup or how to curl their own their own hair so we've had lots of opportunities then we did we started with kind of subscriptions which we, we've tested that out so more in in the fall on that but we tried like mini subscriptions so subscribe to your nail treatments or Uh, brow treatments so it's been lots of opportunities that we've seen because we just had to we kind of like paused and had a meeting with the entire team 
um, virtually and uh, said, okay, let's just pause everything you're doing and see what we can do within 24 hours. Just come up with any ideas that you think that you could do over the next two weeks. And we had s some really great ideas, some of them. So what we did is everyone got to work on them for two weeks. And then we decided at the end of those two weeks to do like continue with only three of them. So it's been quite good. One of them was subscriptions and the other one was the private courses. And then we also have a product kit coming along, which we've, uh, that has kind of grown organically through our customers continuously asking like how can I take care of my for example my nails between my treatments so now we started to sell some type of self-care product boxes together with well-known brands so that's a first kind of test into going into the product side so you took a problem into an opportunity to create new solutions and uh products. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, when you empower your team and you give them a chance to rise up and be heroes, I mean, they, they rise to the occasion. It's very, very inspiring to see. It can bring the team closer as well because you're solving something together, right? Um, so on your um, on your note, Nina, about the ideas, we had an exercise to get everyone kind of motivated when the crisis was hitting because, I mean, it affected all of us, right? Of course. We were reading the news. Depend I mean, whether you're a positive person or negative, we were in uncertainty. Certainty. So everyone was a bit worried about what's going to happen with business, my job, or what's going to happen with my family and whatnot. Um, but we had everyone do an exercise called 15 Ideas. Each and every one had to send in 15 ideas of how how we could turn you know this situation into an opportunity. And everyone got to present and and do their own. And the entire team, from our logistics to our packing to our customer service, it was just so inspiring to see how many great ideas the team came up with. Wow. And yeah. So that's, uh, fantastic. that's a that's, that's a tip I can give. I yeah. mean, we're, we're probably going to do that exercise again and how fun it was for them to be able to contribute and be like, you know, I want to help. I want to do my part. How can we how can we thrive out of this situation? Yeah, because I heard that as well. I can also see that this crisis also made, you know, you see who rise in the team to really like because you and guys you are not stronger. I mean, yeah. this this in, in hard times, everyone is supporting each other, even from different industries. And I felt that the solidarity has increased actually. Actually. So mm. I feel much closer to to a lot of people that I didn't before and other businesses. And uh, I feel like this barrier of like being too, uh, you don't want to bother anyone. You don't want to step into anybody's domain. That's kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of gone now. Everybody's like contacting each other, supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's uh, it's actually beautiful to see because uh, it's uh, when you have your own startup and you're kind of in the beginning, you're so into your work day to day that you don't really you, you don't even have time to consume and see other people around you and, and different businesses so now I was so happy that we could you know actually exchange ideas exchange support and and uh, so I think uh, I don't know I'm, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm quite positive to to this uh, kind of uh, periods and I think it, you will become you know stronger after this so for sure I think uh, we have to see something positive out of it and I think uh, Tara's idea was very mm. very good I'm going to do that I'll bring that back I to the show yeah. <laughs> Epicenter is the producer of this podcast. And uh, I mean, it's really about connecting startups with scale-ups, with corporates. And I mean, you, Nina and Dashiell were here from the start, based of Sweden and Jasmine, you're sitting. So how, how important is this uh, collaboration, support within businesses, not only from consumers, but you spoke about that you have ambassadors and an investor. 
Uh, I mean, our entire model is based up partnerships. So mm. we're a platform that, you know, markets independent perfume houses. Exactly. Um, so we we need to partner well in order to yeah. even have a product to sell because we don't make our own perfumes. Exactly. We curate from existing perfume houses. So uh, obviously we, you know, our doors are open and we always want to partner with the best perfume houses and yeah. we hope that uh, more and more of them will, you know, join our platform. Yeah. But I mean, not only, I mean, I know Dashiell is also a built platform for other uh, service based, but across markets and mm. with other entrepreneurs like the three of you. I mean, yeah. we're, we're only based in Sweden here. In the startup industry, in the business industry, how is the environment? I mean, for us, it was extremely important to go cross-culture, you know, because uh, this is an active uh, product. So we needed to be in, a, in different fields, like in the sport industry, we needed to be in the media industry, film, and, you know, different kind of uh, areas. Mm. Uh, also having, you know, different consumers working in different kind of shifts in the, uh, I don't know, in this, the hospitals and the different environments where you require to have a very long-lasting and, you know, product. Mm. So for us, we were, we have always been very open to going to different, you know, cross-culture industries and so on and not feel limited by only working with fellow you know beauty uh, business industries so we started uh, from day one working with uh, you know sporting clothes or, or different kind of uh, brands so it, it was key for us but uh, I think when you're a startup all the support and partnerships you can get is mm. extremely important mm. um, because you need to get your message out, your vision, your mission. So mm. um, as Tara says, like they're open. We're also always open. Uh, all the recognition you can get is extremely helpful. Mm. And then, of course, the, you pay back, you know. And now we are supporting other brands that are... We, we, I, I support a lot of startups and, and female entrepreneurs and I do different lectures and I try to, you know, give them different advice. So for us, it also becomes this exchange you know in, in different levels and different uh, platforms so it's super important yeah and if we talk about to build on from exchange i mean we we are all i would say all three of us have similar type of target groups you mm. mentioned unisex we're unisex too we're 50 yeah. 50 women and men believe mm. it or not i don't know if you guys we're mainly Mina. women but we see like this trend now of yeah. men being interested you should so. you should target the yeah. men they are <laughs> yeah, more vain than you, yeah. than you know. <laughs> um, no but the fact that we you know where is their value to be exchanged mm. um we we see that we have a possibility or an opportunity to bring niche fragrances that have always been very expensive and unaccessible mm. into contexts where they're not available. So for us, that means that we've collaborated with fashion brands mm. uh, and brought you know our concept in there and let yeah. their audiences discover fragrance when they're also shopping their outfits. Mm. We're available in some select spas. You know, you want to shower and then there's no perfume, mm. so we're available there so that you can shop. and And then we've done collaborations within the travel sector as well. Mm. Um, so you know, wherever we see that there is is value and that there's an audience that would appreciate we always make sure that we fill that gap so, mm. so how do you get these I mean it's kind of easy now you have them but how easy to get these <laughs> partners yeah, or no, collaborations from the beginning you basically harass yeah. them until they answer <laughs> That's they want to take over an answer exactly. <laughs> I always say a no is just a hello so <laughs> keep knocking keep knocking yeah. how has that been for you Nina because Dashiell is really you started for the consumers but yeah. now but you really help the whole industry of service-based well, uh, entrepreneurs. Most services that are is changing and industry has kind of faced this, both in the kind of food industry, music, 
Yeah, so basically we've seen a, a kind of um, reluctancy to kind of join in on the movement from the beginning, from the people that are actually in the industry. So mm. for us, it was difficult to get meetings with the organizations here that was uh, with the beauty kind of organizations, the Friksafaretagarna, for example, which is like um, organizations for all the hairdressers in Sweden. So we couldn't get like a meeting in the first like 18 months. And then all of a sudden we were invited to kind of lead their panels about talking about uh, the future of beauty services. So it's kind of, it's been, uh, you know, harassment, (laughs) (laughs) just not giving up. And uh, I think industries that are traditional, the the innovation always comes from outside. So Mm. for me and Arbelina, it's been very good for us that we've come from like the consumer perspective and we're not, uh, we haven't been working in beauty Mm. before. So we've just been like pushing and pushing. But also we're uh, just going back to what Tara was saying with collaborations. Obviously, we've had some kind of collaborations as well where we could use sniff products, for example, in our goodie bags for events or other types. And we're actually getting our own Dashiell Beauty Bar scent soon. Mm-hmm. So so I think a collaboration is also very good. I just love this. Sort of competition is out and collaboration yeah. is in. Collaboration and I think all the female entrepreneurs yeah. help that uh, <laughs> ongoing we don't need to compete so much. We no. can actually collaborate more yeah. across um, markets and across, even if you guys are all in the beauty industry, everybody's doing different things uh, and together we can become stronger mm. and learn from each other. Definitely. I think if you have a very strong belief <laughs> in what you're doing, it's, uh, you know, you're, I mean, you're like a train. It's, nothing is going to stop you. I think for Nina's business, maybe they're more dependent on actually these kind of partnerships. Mm. For us, we have a physical product that we can sell basically anywhere. Mm. So even if the retailers would not answer to my emails for two years, I would, I would, I could still sell it, you know. Mm. And then I knew that one day, once uh, we grow our consumers and our loyal, you know, ambassadors, all these retailers are going to come. So mm. I, I wasn't worried about you know if it was more when because uh, there is a limited time of how long you can survive on just uh, word of mouth so uh, but I, I think that if you really believe in what you do is like Sarah Tara says uh, you know the no is, is just a hello and yeah. uh, I always says you, a no now does not mean it's a no in the future as you say this uh, answered you eventually you know so <laughs> in 18 months I mean everybody's uh, everybody's scared of change somehow mm, I mean yeah. normally these people that are sitting in these you know no mm. offense but are so used to doing things in a way and they're scared everyone's scared of taking a risk and failing yeah. right mm. so it you know in, in our cases me and uh, Nina, Sniff mm. and Dashiell, I mean, we're changing a behavior mm, that yeah. has its challenges. We need to educate an audience, a mm. market, and really get people on board, mm. uh, which has been super, I mean, difficult for you guys. It was difficult for us. I mean, from the beginning, Lackemedesverket, you know, mm. the organ in, in yeah. uh, Sweden, they wouldn't let us do what we did. It, it, it's been challenging, right? So we've had to keep going yeah. and get people on board. And in your case, I mean, you, you've, you've selected a different approach. You're not um, creating a new category but you are innovating in a category that's very saturated yeah. i mean so for us uh, it's not the behavior in the in the way you consume things but it's how you use things so for us having a foundation that is uh, you know extremely long lasting and you can shower with it and, and all of these qualities that do not you know kind of exist in the market at the moment people were like but why, you know, and they didn't really believe us because you have this kind of second skin marketing for these big, you know, houses, you know, L'Oreal and all these brands, but they don't actually work. 
So when we were saying that, you know, you can actually go into salt water with it and swim for five days, people were like, no, well, I don't believe it. Or I don't believe it doesn't come off when you go to the gym and it doesn't, you know. So we had to really educate and we had to actually convince people to try this. And once they did, they were like, okay, it, it does work. But this, it was a very, very difficult threshold, as Tara says, this consumer behavior to actually change their mind that, you know, th this is for real, this is something new, are you ready for it? And I think a lot of the partners were like, why should we change the way of, of changing the consumer when it's, we are, we are selling enough foundations, we're it's working, know, it's yeah. working. Yeah. so why would we, you know, go about our way to, to make this effort? Um, so, well, but I was like, well, we will keep grinding until we are there. And that's so, the thing, right? If yeah. you decide to go down that path and mm. you want to do things differently, you want to innovate, um, you need to be prepared that it's going to take time and that you really, like you said, Jasmine, you need to believe in your idea and yourself or get people, surround yourself with people that believe in you when you start stop no. believing in mm. yourself because yeah. it's very challenging. You, I think you have moments of doubt where you're like, oh, is it worth it? It's, yeah. it's a lot of work. Mm. But, you know, success comes to those, I think, who don't give up mm. and are resilient in in their ways so just keep yeah. going yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly yeah you always have to like with all type of new businesses and we've been talking to so many entrepreneurs specifically like female entrepreneurs and it's good to kind of have your support system and also talk to others that are in a similar we've had very long talks tara like mm -hmm. about the industry about how you know to kind of the the business and getting kind of you just need people that believe in you from the beginning and then you just don't give up mm. a shoulder so to cry on yeah. once in a while and yeah. then pick yourself yeah. back up exactly <laughs> those days are you're not just uh, believing in yourself but i mean i can see that you guys even if you say sometimes you have doubt i can really hear that you believed in your vision and mm. your mission and you still do now uh, more than ever oh uh, that's mm. amazing it's just uh, it's incredible to to hear you guys mm. and i really hope that the people will not will not get scared during this period and kind of be scared of starting their own businesses and and especially young you know women in the business and i i really hope they will kind of pursue their dreams or their missions, uh, even though we have been in a very difficult period. So um, I, I really, if, I, if, if people are listening out there, I really hope that they will continue to follow up, even if it's they take a break or they postpone it. But I, I really hope they continue because you really need a lot of new groundbreaking people. In the, especially women yeah especially in tech mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to summarize some short message to a young maybe female or male entrepreneur that are want to step into a journey like you guys what would that message be i would say just do it <laughs> i always say that just do it what's the worst thing that can happen so you just need to take that first step and um, just surround yourselves with people that are kind of in the same mindset as you are and uh, go out there, network, meet others, talk about your idea. That's very important. So you don't think that it's uh, no, someone will steal my idea <laughs> yeah. because uh, idea is only like half a percent. Mm. The rest is uh, how you do it, uh, execution. So, yeah, I would say just leave the building, go out, talk to people and uh, just do it. Tara, do you want to follow up yeah. on? <laughs> so speaking of the, you know, building on the theme that we were talking about, um, it often takes, I say, it takes 10 years to build an overnight success. Mm. So, you know, lean on that and know that time is your friend and everything doesn't have to happen overnight. Mm. Um, I think we live in a society where we compare ourselves on social media. And, you know, you mm. said in the beginning, it looks 
like everything is so fairytale easy and it's not and it's not supposed to be because nothing that's easy, you know, nothing that comes easy is worth it. Mm. Um, So just keep going. It's a challenging period for everyone, but it's it's always going to be challenging and problems are here to be solved and you can do that. Jasmine. (laughs) Actually, what what Nina said, that happened to me three years ago when I was like pitching this idea and I was like highly pregnant and all of that. I was going to these different courses and everybody was like, this is an innovation. You shouldn't share. You shouldn't pitch. But for me, like I I needed to have substance from people. I needed to see that I have to share this idea to see if others believe in it and have to gain recognition for it. So I took this risk and I was pitching this all over the place. And and that that was actually the reason uh, to my network and that we actually started to get attention. So that's a bit uh, sensitive, but I, I totally agree with Nina. You should go out there. You should use all these fantastic opportunities that you have in Sweden as an entrepreneur country and that we don't have in a lot of different markets. So really use every opportunity to make yourself heard and uh, also do your research. Really do your research, know your business, know your competitors, know your, you know, this is very important and always try to, and this is also you can gain through different networks. So do your research, be prepared and um, yeah, and just uh, keep pushing. Can I I just add something to that? Um, You know, since you're out there and everything, be careful of who you ask for advice from too. Mm -hmm. I mean, ask people for advice that have done something themselves that is similar, even if it's not exactly the same product or industry, someone who's done the journey because it's so easy for people to be like, no, it's not a good idea or because they're projecting their own insecurities onto you and Mm -hmm. you shouldn't let that get to you. So if if you're willing or if you're wanting to build a business, ask for advice for someone who has done it and maybe and hopefully someone who's been successful at it and maybe not also give 100% weight to the answer because even if it's somebody who done it maybe they don't think it's it doesn't sound like something we've seen that before with big Mm. companies where you know investors didn't believe and then you know it became big. So but I think, I think that's so all of you yeah. said, like, listen to your inner voice in many exactly. different ways. I think you get quite far on your gut feeling. Yeah. This has saved me in a lot of different, than, uh, you know, decisions. So uh, for sure, the gut feeling is, is very important. And I, I completely agree with Tara on this because in the beginning, you're so insecure. You're taking advice and feedback from everywhere. And then you end up being just completely confused. Mm. So if you don't have a strong gut feeling, then you're kind of, it's very hard. So... Yeah. So go out there, network, and uh, just believe in your in your idea. Because uh, in the beginning, nobody else will. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody else will. Yeah, believe in yourself. I think that's uh, summarize a lot of this pep talk from uh, the three of you today. Nina, Yasmin, and Tara. Thank you so much for joining us in Disruption Land. Thank you. Very thank, much. You. thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us here in Disruption Land. To visit us again, just subscribe to Disruption Land Podcast. This podcast is produced by Epicenter, the house of digital innovation. Discover all about our vibrant tech and business community and inspiring workspaces at weareepicenter.com.